I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, and today I've got a full table for you guys. To my left, project engineer, Miles Neville. And then across the table, haven't had him on the show for a while, fellow project engineer, Ryan Damon, and marketeer, Preston Lintfer. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me back. It's been a yeah. while. It has been a while, yeah, it but it, it's our pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to some some good insight from Ryan Damon. And between Ryan and, and Miles, they see products on a much more in-depth and, and technical aspect than really anybody else in the world for you know when you think of it because mm-hmm. you know even our ballisticians and you know they don't see how the tooling is made to make the bullet they can come up with a cool concept and and help the engineering team get it flushed out but when it goes from turn this thing on and make this machine make the product you know you guys really have a very intimate relationship with all of these products and uh, yeah looking forward to your insight on this one because time of year this morning on the Swerzik Ranch, thirty nine degrees in, in in the in the about four a.m. hours. It's nice and sharp outside, and that that weather starting to turn. Now the highs are still in the sixties or seventies. Nobody wants that, but when you feel that little bit of sharp air, mm, it's hunting season, and uh, the hunting season has started. You know, recently returned home from uh, an antelope trip, which was successful. We've got a Nebraska specifically has a uh, antlerless only season where if you're within three miles of certain rivers to try to control the whitetail population there we have an antlerless season so that's going on as we speak which is great it's just a good time of year this is this is what we live for it's what we talk about nine months out of the year yeah and i would throw in there in case anybody's curious about that river antler season so historically nebraska has been a nine-day rifle season and a 15-day now month long uh, after all the seasons are done uh, antlerless rifle season they threw in this river antlerless season if you've never looked at nebraska on a map uh we're pretty flat in most parts of the state a little bit of hills but major highways seem to follow the rivers right where it's flat right and then there's crop ground like all over next to the rivers because that's where some of the most fertile ground is and it's a little moist whatever so this river antlerless season trying to get rid of some of the population some of the does not Mm -hmm. diminish it by any uh, means but take the pressure off of vehicles hitting deer on the highway and take some pressure off the crops yeah you know a lot of people you know nebraska doesn't have that many deer as a state compared to some other high population states like wisconsin and michigan and you know, a lot of places east of us, but like you mentioned, Nebraska is kind of unique in that there are some areas which are quite flat right through the river. And that's conveniently where our major highways go through. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, between hitting vehicle or hitting vehicles and then crop de- degradation, when you've got a hundred or 120 deer per section, and then every October and November, you harvest their house where they live, they have nowhere to go. And that can definitely, um, become a problem. Yeah. And right now is harvest time. The the, the harvesters are fired up right now. Yeah, so it, and there's deer running amok. Yeah. It's been crazy on the drive to work. So uh, with that said, we live in a, a wonderful time to be a hunter. And with technology advancements, cartridge advancements, 
it's just a lot of fun and, and there's a lot of information out there. But I really want to kind of debate, if you will, uh, the discuss. best. Discuss. Yeah, maybe maybe some debate, depending on what you guys say. But what's the best whitetail cartridge? Because if you look at North America, that is the number one big game species. And, and you know, states like Missouri, and I mentioned Wisconsin and Minnesota and, and Michigan, states like that, I mean, they'll put down 100,000 deer during their rifle season in a year. So there's a lot of these big game animals being hunted or a lot of whitetails being hunted. So you can do a lot of things with a lot of things. But what do you guys think is the ideal whitetail cartridge? And to start the conversation, I'd like to just skip around a little bit. Talk to me about what your first whitetail cartridge was, maybe why you selected it. And then now, you know, removed by a couple decades from your first whitetail cartridge, what do you feel like is ideal right now? So Miles, you're to my left. Let's hear from you, buddy. Uh, first whitetail cartridge was 30 out six. I had, uh, and that's purely because I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Um, I had a M1 Garand, uh, growing up and that and was your first rifle, deer rifle. Uh, first deer was a mule deer with, okay. a, with my dad's 308. But yeah, my first rifle whitetail hunt was with an M1 Garand. That's awesome. And that was in the hills in Virginia. That ended up being about a 60 yard shot. So iron sights were no problem there. Um, I think that was a 30, 31 skew number the 150 grain yep, spire yep. point yeah the original the original yeah hornady bullet that was hand loading um with imr 4064 your Do- first deer was taken with hand loads yeah doesn't no, first get, white tail first white doesn't tail. Yeah, yeah. get more classic than that a 30 hot six with 4064 and 150 grain hornady spire point yep yep um yeah and that was like i said purely because i wasn't interested in modern guns at all i was kind of world war ii world war one buff yeah uh yeah, I had the M1 Grand. I was like, oh well, yeah, let's, this thing will, this thing still works. Let's I mean, make you it still work. are. Yeah, to this day. Yeah, you know, dabbling in. Uh, yeah. I think German and Swiss. Yeah, German and Swiss stuff is is kind of the way American. I've gone. Yeah, yeah. You call them a collector. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's my physical savings account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, to hedge inflation. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today just for whitetail. Um. I don't know. I think six is a little lean. I think maybe 30 cal is probably the top end. And I think you could probably pick about anything in between. Sure. Um, but if you had to pick one. If you had to pick one. Dedicated, optimal, maybe for whitetail, it'd, it'd be a a real tough call between maybe like a 6.5 Grindle or a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, a fair option. And, you know, for most of the whitetail hunting, the shots are at a traditional range. So you don't really need to stretch the legs too right. far. but um, yeah, and a, a Grindle or a Creedmoor, both you can get two, three hundred yards out of them, and that encompasses all of the hunting I've ever done, truthfully, mm-hmm. um, except for maybe antelope or something, you know, some yeah. of the other Western stuff. But um, yeah, because I've hunted whitetail in Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, and then out in Virginia on the East Coast, and like I said, never, I haven't personally come across a situation where I needed to be more than two hundred and fifty yards, mm-hmm. you know, from for the shot. Um, and and that even so, those bullets will perform out to four or five hundred yards. Absolutely. So that you are the most traveled whitetail guy at this table. A hundred percent. Yeah. Find the latest shirts, hats, hoodies, and accessories that you see here on the podcast, and much more at HornadyGear.com. Preston, let's kick it over to you here. Well, people. People have heard this before on this podcast, but 270 Winchester is my first mm. uh, cartridge choice. 
And that came down to a book that I read called White-Tailed Deer, uh, written by a couple of authors. But in that book, there was a ballistic table listing all of the cartridges and their drops at, you know, out to 500 yards, I think. And it was between, so, you know, the eye sees what it sees and it looks at that last yardage and yeah. how much drop is at that last yardage. And it was between the 22,250, which I felt lean yep. uh, for whitetail hunting and the 270. So the 270 it was and off to Walmart we go. Beautiful. The old 270. Yep. Whacking and stacking. 130 grain bullets seem to shoot the best out of it. So that's yeah. what it got fed. Well, and it's kind of like the 308 Winchester you know, with the 168 grain bullet, if you've got a 270 and it doesn't shoot 130 grain spire point, at least pretty good, there's the rifle's broken because that, that combination just works. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it took some coyotes, a few deer. Um, I sadly got rid of that rifle, but, um, yeah, if you're going to make me choose one now, and it's hard to talk about this without mm-hmm. picturing where you hunt, right? Yeah. So I, where I hunt, rifle season it is a little bit broken there's some hills there's canyons. draws canyons yeah. things like that not your typical nebraska hunt i would say and probably not a t- typical whitetail hunt thinking of eastern states mm-hmm. right um but I, there are some shot opportunities if i had to never have could shoot out to 800 yards mm-hmm. so my mind goes to six five greenmore fair enough i think it has to yeah. And and there's a couple of factors that play into that, I guess, too. Because it's not just a, a cartridge choice necessarily, but the the 6.5 Creedmoor in the safe right now has got a very comfortable stock. It's short. It's agile. And I think stock comes into a lot, of, uh, uh-huh. a lot as well, yeah. right? A little more nuanced so it, answer here. Right. So you're kind of going away from the cartridge thing. But I think if you're going to have the best whitetail cartridge, you have to be able to shoot that gun good regardless yeah. of what cartridge Prone, it is. Prone, standing, kneeling, tripod, yep, off you name the tree. it. You, yeah, you name it. So that's kind of my way out of that answer. Yeah. But if I had to choose one, it'd probably be a 6.5 Creamer. Ballistically, it can reach out there. An ELDX is running out of steam with that at 1,600 feet per second minimum expansion. Well past where I could probably shoot. Yep. That's a good answer. Ryan. You've had time to think on yeah, this now. Yeah. Let's hear about but it. I'm my, excited. My story, the beginning is a lot different than you guys because I grew up in the eastern states. I didn't come into hunting until my later teen years. But when I did, it's and it's shotgun. Mm. So everybody had a rifle 12 or 20 gauge mostly. Mm-hmm. So a 20 gauge slug gun. It was my exposure to deer hunting at the time. And center fire rifle was, we didn't shoot any because we didn't have any place to shoot it. Right. I mean, all the properties are small you're hunting small wood lots and not even close to the sections you're talking about out here so uh when i my really story begins when i mostly when i moved out here to nebraska with dave emery being my boss at the time we go back to 2011 and six five creedmoor was not nearly what it is now right yeah it was still kind so of fledgling if you i'm asking dave Hey, I'm, I'm going to start hunting deer with a rifle out here. So what, what should I get for a rifle? I didn't own one at the time. A uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, no question. Dave tells me that. And looking yeah. back, yeah, that's going to be Dave's answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, so I, that's what I did. And that's basically what I stuck with since. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you, it was not as easy to find a 6.5 Creedmoor. So I got a Browning A-Bolt 
Oh, which wow. before they even had a factory offering in 6.5 Creedmoor, which is hard to think of. It was only 12 years ago. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I'm going to go to 6.5 Creedmoor as the choice then, the choice now. Basically, my whole rifle hunting whitetail life has been 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. Because I started later, later than a lot of, a lot of guys. Sure. That's interesting. I, I didn't think you were going there with, you started with the Creedmoor and, and stuck with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, and you and you bring up some good points too. Like in some states, you couldn't use a six five Creedmoor. Right. And what's even, what's the answer for those states? I guess maybe we need to come up. And with just that. in recent years, you can hunt with four fifty Bushmasters, big three fifty Legend, Legend now. Yeah. And those, as much as we prefer other cartridges out here because we have the ability to hunt with other cartridges, yeah, it's far superior right. options. Those guys, uh, hey, if I can hunt with these, I'm going to. It's better than. Shotgun. A shotgun. Right. So, the accuracy potential is certainly better right. than a shotgun. So for those guys, that's they don't have the options well what western half mm-hmm. of the United States has. Where where is that too? There's a couple states that are stuck like thirty five Whalen is huge down in Yeah, 30, yeah, thirty five Whalen. I forget. Indiana. Yeah. Indiana there's big Iowa, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm like not sure. Illinois, Illinois, I think. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I know yeah, that's a that's a popular one. And that's a that's a very capable cartridge as far as Well it's, it's <laughs> yeah, a, I bet. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a big bullet. So if you're six, so if you're in a straight wall state, what are you picking? Forty five seventy. Forty five seventy. You're like a classic. Man. Yeah, you are classic. I'd I'd probably have to go three fifty legend. I, yeah. I, I mean would, the four fifty yeah. Bushmaster was there first. Right? It yeah. was there. And it's, you gotta pay its respect. But if I'm bringing up kids you know, yes. in, into the hunting world, I think the 350 yeah. Legend might yeah. be the better answer. Well, and if I'm shooting something at a traditional distance, I don't need a giant bullet. I don't need blistering speed. I don't need amazing external ballistics. I just need an effective bullet that is expanding in a cartridge that's legal with the lowest recoil. <laughs> and, you know, for, for me, I think I'd pick the 350 Legend in that scenario. So i expanding on my answer, but... Part of my selection for everything I do really is because I have the ability to work on these bullets from the ground up. So that comes into play. And I just, sometimes I have a certain affinity or pulling, something pulling me to, hey, I want to shoot that bullet just because it was cool. Yeah. And I see all, shoot all these bullets in gel and develop them and everything. So having that ability, like for instance, 450 Bushmaster, that spire point that's in American Whitetail was a specifically unique bullet to make. Because of, because of the cartridge design and how much case capacity is there, so, like at one point I want to shoot hunt with the 450 Bushmaster. If I'm going back to Ohio, because I hunt, hunt with that Spire Point, just yeah. because yeah. it's kind of cool. Well, that was a difficult bullet. I was still in the ballistics department during yeah. that time, and that was a lot more problematic than one would think. Like, oh, it's a just right. a big straight ball cartridge. Just make a bubble bullet and put it in there. But it it was actually you had to go back to the drawing board a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, we made just a, okay, make a spar point that weighs X and that's easy. Well, it wasn't necessarily that easy because that bullet gets so short, mm-hmm. got so much case capacity, and they were sticking bolts and all kinds of pressure issues. Well, twist but, rate came into play there too because there was a, a jump in twist rates of 450 Bushmaster, it seemed, right? From 1 in 24 to 1 in 20 or something? Something like that. Yeah. But that I mean, presented some, some issues, I yeah, think. Yeah, we had to add bullet length on a lead nose bullet without making it making super it heavier. heavy <laughs> so how do you do that and still have a closed nose so put a giant bubble in the inside yeah 
Well, and it, from a terminal performance standpoint, I mean, I've not shot anything with it, but I've seen recovered bullets, seen photos, I've seen video footage. That bullet is a very effective bullet in the Bushmaster. Yeah, for what yeah. it is, yeah, it yeah. works. And I think, I, I can't speak for Ryan, but I imagine it's this way too, but seeing what we see with gel is like a deciding factor for us more so than the cartridge. It's the... Yeah. It's the the way the bullet behaves at velocity regimes. Mm-hmm. You get a, a much better picture. And it's, yeah, seeing what actually happens in ballistic gel, like real ordnance ballistics gel, um, is is kind of an eye-opener as sure. far as, yeah, you know, this cartridge does this, but, but you know, and this cartridge does this, but are they the same bullet type construction, you know, yeah. because you can yeah. overcome a lot of disparity in, in size and so you'd look at, you know, if I were to just show you blocks of gel that were shot with a 6 Arc 103 and a 6.5 Creedmoor 143 ELDX, I mean, you almost might have a hard time picking those two apart. And you see all oh, little 6 Arc and 6.5 Creedmoor, but the the way those bullets are designed to expand and, and the cavities that they produce is really not incredibly different. So you, it's a kind of an equalizer. Bullet construction yeah. can be an equalizer. For That's it. true. Exactly. This, yeah. this may not be the podcast for it, but I since I have all of you three here, I, I I read the comments. Believe it or not, we read all the comments. So when yeah. you're commenting and you're saying they, 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 well, I'm reading it. So you don't have to say they. You can just say you. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all three of you here, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the shortcomings of, um, you know, some clear ballistic gel, some other ways of testing bullets that you've seen on the internet, whether it be water going through wood, whether it be going through whatever newspapers, milk jugs, compared uh, to phone books, ordinance gelatin. Yeah, uh, well, the the FBI and the and the Department of Defense, um, they they put a lot of research into the development of the ordinance gel, and and you'll see a couple like different departments and agencies will will you know have maybe ten percent or twenty percent ordinance gel, and that's just the amount of like gel it's it's made kind of like jello right like there's yeah. you mix a powder into water so it's a water-based thing with that gelatin in there and it's just the percent that you know the 10 percent. there's 10 percent of the total mass makeup is gelatin powder or 20 percent is 20 percent um but and and so there's a you know a little bit of leeway there one's more like a lean bony muscular structure one's more of like a fatty you know like guts or whatever structure you know so it, it it's meant as an average um composition of what you'd encounter obviously you can't put bones in there right and then like people put like dead bones into gel and that's not really accurate because a live bone and a dead bone behave Wildly differently different. yeah and there's a lot of nuances to this too because you know and not every animal is is a block of gel either right you can get presentations where you're shooting through lungs where there's air gap you can shoot through sinew you can shoot through bone and it's not the same as gel but as a as a uniform test media to kind of get a good picture of how a bullet is going to perform in, you know, in that media, it's, it's probably the best thing out there. When you get into like the clear ballistic stuff, it, it just offers less resistance. So they, they market it as, you know, FBI ordinance or whatever they call FBI, you know, calibrated gel. Um, and it may calibrate a BB, you know, the way that the FBI gel does, but time and time again, we've seen where it, they, they're just not quite the same. So what you'll typically see in clear ballistics gel is you'll require a higher velocity, impact velocity for an expansion to initiate. You'll see less total expansion. You'll see deeper penetration. 
It always seems like the permanent wound cavities are much smaller. smaller. Yeah. 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 And deeper usually, right? Yeah. 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 So that's that more, more penetration. They're just less, it offers less resistance and it's, and I'm sure it's probably temperature variable, but on the, on the, it's a trade-off because for practicality, for people who don't have the ability to mix up gel, which is expensive. Ballistics like our, gelatin. Yeah, our, real our, ballistics our gelatin. ordinance ballistics gelatin is it, it, one, an expensive process and it's a very delicate process. It's like, you kind of have to know what you're doing. Um, and it doesn't last forever. If you mix it up, throw it in the fridge, you got a, a few week. days yeah. Yeah, um, to use it. Otherwise, you know, but whereas that clear ballistic stuff, well, you can buy it, we can shoot the hell out of it, and then we can melt it down and reuse it, yep. remold it. Yeah. And, and I can it set again. it on my desk and it looks cool. Right, exactly. And it doesn't smell like wet dog and yeah. it's not slimy, you know, so... Right. <laughs> Um, Those are really the, good the, benefits. <laughs> well, and that's a comparison between clear gel and ordinance gel. Right. I mean, how would you approach people oh. that are doing the, you know, the quote unquote backyard testing yeah. with water it's, jugs it's or wet phone books? That stuff like is, it, yeah, it totally, totally wild west as far as how realistic that is. There may be some of it that may end up being surprisingly close, um, but then some of it. Not, not, not even so at all. Well, it seems like the common one is water, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and water itself is, is way harsher to the bullet right. than, than gel or, or like animal material. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you'll see bullets shed cores and jackets and totally rip apart when they hit water. That's mm -hmm. just a, a much more, way more resistance than, than the gelatin or, or what you'd expect in an animal. Yeah. I think the, the big takeaway, the clear gel that, you know, kind of feels like a fishing lure kind of material. If you're just like, oh, you want to see an expanded bullet and kind of what the wound cavity looks like, great. Yeah. If you're trying to test it at ends of the spectrum, high velocity, low velocity, so right. close range, long range, if you're trying to see what a bullet does outside of what I'm going to call the sweet spot, that's probably n not the material for you. Although yeah. it, it is convenient and there's some, some yeah. truth to if that. You're, if you're in well within the expansion envelope and you want to use it as a comparative tool, as to what yeah, what does one bullet you know bullet a and bullet b and bullet c how do they expand how do they penetrate just as a comparative not as like an absolute test oh well it's going to go you know like if it goes 20 inches in clear ballistics that doesn't mean it's going to go 20 inches in an animal necessarily but if you want to say okay yeah what does the expanded bullet look like here 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 and you're within well within the envelope with all three of those bullets that that may be a valid kind of comparison it's useful there yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. awesome uh, yeah, that was yeah, kind of a divergence from the topic, but worthwhile nonetheless that just, yeah, for the listener and, and also just understand for the listener, we shoot so many bullets right. into actual calibrated ordnance gelatin. And then we use these before we launch them on hunts, on game animals. And like Ryan mentioned, we get to see, you guys get to see the production and how easy are they to make and how often do we have accuracy problems and stuff like that. So you get to, you know, you really get a cherry pick like, oh, every time we set that bullet up, it just oh, yeah. hammers, which yeah. is convenient. The Hornady Trek Light Lockbox XXL, constructed of an advanced impact-resistant polycarbonate featuring dual four-digit TSA locks. The Trek Light Lockbox offers heavy-duty protection at a third of the weight of steel. The included 1,500-pound rated security cable with patented cable connector maximizes cargo space for up to two full-sized handguns. The Treklight Lockbox XXL from Hornady Security. So, uh, before we go on too far, most people have heard this story as well, but my first deer cartridge, 257 Roberts, I had no say in that. That was just, 
Seth's old enough to hunt deer, something low recoil. Dad always had an affinity for the 25 cal. So Seth gets a Ruger M77 in 257 Roberts and the rest is history. And yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, killed every white tail I'd ever shot at. That was and, classic as it gets. Yeah, it was f- and fantastic. M- M77. And uh, there's still a few of us 257 Bob shooters out there. Unrelated, uh, Kelly Glouse out in Wyoming uh, drew his now once in a lifetime Wyoming Bighorn sheep tag. Just connected here last Sunday, 257 Roberts. So that's pretty cool. Hornady bullet, by the way. That's so, awesome. So that's pretty neat. But now when I, when I kind of flip to, okay, what's the ideal cartridge? I think about me whitetail hunting. And I am not a worldwide whitetail hunter like Miles traveling all over the country. Where I have hunted whitetail, there have been potential needs, but I haven't had to use them luckily, for some moderate range capabilities, not long range kind of stuff, but for like, you know, you're hunting canyons, you're hunting the sand hills, you might have to take that 450 yard shot, 500 yard shot, uh, just because there's simply no bridge in that gap. So I'd want something with a little horsepower behind it for those for those shots. And then again, anywhere east of where we currently reside, eastern Nebraska and the rest of the eastern states where, you know, just the topography and the density of the woods, you might not have those range options. You don't need anything. You don't need a huge hammer. I really think, I, I want to say something different <laughs> just to be different, but, uh, and I'm going to, uh, the 6.5 Creedmoor for almost all cases is just awesome. But we're, when I start to narrow it down, I usually like to shoot the smallest caliber I can talk myself into shooting. So a 6 millimeter Creedmoor really comes to mind because it's fat. I can shoot a 20-inch barrel and do 2,900 with that 103 ELDX with a suppressor. I mean, that's just a little hot rod. And the 243 Winchester, you know, for the decades, you know, since the 50s has been one of America's go-to whitetail cartridges. Uh, but I really think for a little bit more forgiveness, if you go just up a caliber, I really think the 6.5 millimeter, uh, and I would opt for a 6.5 PRC. And we've talked about this, but here's why. It's a little bit much for a whitetail, obviously. But if I can run a 24 or a 26-inch barreled 6.5 Creedmoor, I can get those same velocities from a 20-inch barrel in a 6.5 PRC. I like to run things short, strap the can on there, and I'm good to go. And I think that for for me, for hunting whitetail in western Nebraska is a lot different than hunting them, say, in Missouri. Uh, and I think, you know, I'd want a cartridge that I could shoot effectively, you know, past that quarter mile mark, uh, but is also not horribly overgunned for things, you know, on the in the eastern side of the state. So that's where I fall. But I'm curious we could discuss this why nobody said 270 or 30 cal because the 308 winchester i mean we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the 308 winchester and the seven millimeter weight and the 243 winchester well and i was gonna say like here's the here's the cop out right i said six five cream where you said six five cream where i have no qualms taking a 243 a 708 a six millimeter creed more a 308 mm-hmm. any any of those cartridges are are fantastic and will do the job at moderate ranges heck even extend, a little bit extended yeah and i say that like i, I want do want to throw this out there I, I mentioned 800 yards earlier from like canyon to yeah. canyon i've never done that in my life now yeah that's, like my that's... longest shot on a critter is 365 yards and that was a coyote 
So like it's a great it, shot, by the way. It was a lucky shot because <laughs> <laughs> it was running. Uh, but there are so many tools to get this one job done. Yes, it's not even funny. Yeah. It really if is. If you have mm-hmm. one gun already, likely it's going to work. It's going to work. Yeah. That's Which brings us to our next point. I was going to say, I mentioned, I was joking before we started the podcast, but I had, I'd pulled out about that much of the reloading handbook. Yeah. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah most, most know, of the reloading handbook. Yeah. Of what, what would be a good whitetail cartridge. Yeah. If we're, if we're being yep. honest. So the real answer, there is no ideal whitetail cartridge. Everybody, you know, different strokes for different folks, but I think we do need to spend some time talking about, I mentioned everything on the 308 Winchester case up and down from 308 Winchester, that is, I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't make a wrong choice. But bullet performance in the last 20 years has changed drastically. You know, it almost seemed like, okay, lead core bullets, expanding bullets, that's a thing. And then for many, many decades, yeah, okay, we, you know, CKNO jives were helpful. Inner grooves were helpful. The inner lock was helpful. There's some, you know, some advancements that were major at the time. Well, now with the ELDX, for example, or, you know, the SST, or there's a lot of other bullets out there, there's different things we're doing with jacket thickness and, and how we're holding these bullets together um, that those old, you know, oh, you have to have this bullet with this much energy to do the job. It doesn't work anymore. So bullet selection becomes almost as, as important, if not more important than the cartridge selection. As exampled by... Miles's gel talk with a six millimeter arc 103 ELDX versus a 6.5 Creedmoor mm-hmm. 143 ELDX. One's this big, one's this big, and the gelatin looks almost identical. Yeah. Ryan, how do you get that performance when you're designing bullets? How can you get that performance where uh, a pip squeak six millimeter from a terminal performance standpoint looks very, very similar to its big brother, you know, a 6.5 Creedmoor with the same style of bullet? How does that work from a bullet design standpoint? So, what kind of knobs do you turn? You basically, you're looking for where that bullet's going to live. At the end of the day, you're designing this bullet to, has an intended use, mm-hmm. a certain cartridge, a certain velocity window, thinking about what's the muzzle velocity is going to be about, and if people are going to be using this for hunting, where's your impact velocity is going to be? And then you kind of, it's kind of your landing point there. So you start at the end. And it's like, okay, I know I need to, this bullet needs to do well between 2,000 and 2,500 feet a second impact, or for, for example, you can start tweaking jacket thickness and how tight, if it's a tip bullet, assuming, let's go with a tip bullet because most stuff is now, that mm-hmm. new new hotness stuff. Yeah, polymer tips. We can, we can manipulate how that lead crowds that tip or sets back away from that tip and the geometry of that cavity underneath the tip, and that mm. really affects how that tip wants to set back and how that expansion is initiated. And how much lead is supporting that jacket as it peels back, all those things, and then you look at where that jacket's peeling back at, say, twenty eight hundred feet a second. Oh, I know it's peeling back way too much there, but uh, I need still need to hold up at two grand mm-hmm. or open up at two grand yeah, or eighteen hundred or whatever. So you start tweaking all those dimensions, mm. and we're talking thousands. I yeah, mean, bullet construction is a game of thousands or tens, tens. of thousands. Wow. So you start tweaking that and adjusting tooling to get what you want mm-hmm. and that's how you can get a 103 grain bullet shot in the gel you see the gel react dumps a bunch of energy right away goes 18 inches you shoot a 143 grain bullet you can tweak those things i was just talking about to have that same result in gel even though they're 
fifty percent heavier bullet and yeah, it might maybe going slower or faster. Yeah, you, you have tools to manipulate how that bullet reacts when it hits medium. That's really interesting that you know you can manipulate those things, and it's not just you know you know we want it to weigh this much, so that's how much lead goes in there. You're really working with the lead height, how it crowds, like you said, how you crowd the tip and how big the cavity is in there. And I feel like not everyone who's a hunter really appreciates how much work goes in to the bullet design. Yeah. I think, you know, growing up, I was probably like, did I hit where I was aiming at? Did I drop it or did I get a blood trail? If I, if the deer ran off, did I, did I get a blood trail? I'm happy if I did. I'm unhappy if I didn't. That's the end of it, right? <laughs> yeah. But there are so many things that are going on behind the curtain. And that's another thing I think we could talk about too is is in today's age and, and production is through the roof. Things are getting better on the shelves, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no shortage of choices. If you want a bullet to work a certain way, there's a bullet probably on the shelf for you. And, and maybe you need to do a little bit of research, email us, ask us questions, whatever. But Call our tech line. Absolutely. If, if you want, if you're in the thick Texas brush and you want to anchor him, or you're in the thick Texas brush and you'd rather have an entrance and an exit guaranteed, there's two bullets for both of those, right? Yeah. Or, and shot placement plays a huge factor into that. But right on. There are different bullets for different applications the way you want a bullet to yep. work. Yep. Yeah, and it's another interesting thing, too, is like, you know, we test in ballistics gel, and ballistics gel is consistent, and it's the same presentation every time. Um, and and we get really consistent results, you know, in ballistics gel, but every hunt is different. Every animal is different. Every shot presentation is different. Like, the, the mental and physiological state of every animal when they get shot is different, and it's... For sure. It's amazing. I don't know, one of my, one of my favorite pastimes is going on, like... Um, I don't know, retailer websites and reading the bad reviews for hunting bullets <laughs> because it's, it's just, Oh, and then good, the, re- the good reviews as well. But I mean, across the board, you, you, you get bad, bad stories and good stories, you know, all the way across. Um, with the same performance too. Yeah. yeah. Or it, the, the bullet performance doesn't align with the expectations of the hunter. That's right. More of what it, I yeah. see where, Oh, this, you know, we'll talk about the SST, which in my opinion, for the hefty majority of whitetail hunting is probably a Hornady go-to bullet. I mean, that bullet is, is, uh, rapid and violent in its expansion. And for, you know, 200 pound deer, it's just perfect. But some people will say, oh my gosh, I hit the deer high shoulder, anchored him. He didn't go anywhere. This is amazing. Same bullet, different person. Oh, I hit the deer high shoulder. He fell on his tracks, but the bullet didn't exit. You know, what a failure. It's like, right. yeah, you know, but you, it's just because the performance didn't align yeah. with their expectations. So, um, yeah, definitely something to, you know, get educated on with, um, our resources that are available online on our website, reach out to us directly, drop comments and that tech line, 800-338-3220 extension, uh, extension three, that'll, that'll get you there. And those tech guys can walk you through which bullet is right for you. And that's why we make so many of them. You know, the ELDX is probably the most universal because it works at all ranges. But, uh, you know, if you are got a specific need in mind, we got a bullet for you. Yeah. Power and performance in the palm of your hand. Hornady Handgun Hunter Ammunition. 
built around the tough copper alloy monoflex handgun bullet that features a proprietary elastomer tip, deep penetration, and high weight retention. Handgun Hunter Ammunition, as rough and rugged as the conditions and game demand. What's your guys' favorite whitetail bullet? Ooh, whitetail? Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably with you either interlock or SST. I mean, it, my thing for the vast majority of whitetail hunting I've ever done or seen, it's been fairly moderate range, mm-hmm. um, and so I haven't really needed you know the the ELDX stuff. But SST and, and interlocks work. Um, overall, as a hunting bullet, I'm really impressed with our CX line. Yeah, yeah, the CX is is yeah, man. It, I think it's a little much. I mean, because it's just gonna. I mean, the the penetration capability you get. Um, not that yeah i mean you're not really leaving anything on the table i just think it's a little bit of a heavy built bullet for whitetail um but for any other big game mule deer elk stuff like that it, it's it's an easy go-to bear awesome. stuff like that yeah where you got a little bit more might as well throw it out there you went on a bear hunt didn't you yeah what'd you take 90 grain cx and a six arc heck yeah yeah he did <laughs> preston what I are you thinking it. um easy answer eldx it, yeah. it has outperformed my expectations every time I've used it to harvest an animal. You know, 150, first time I used it, uh, brand new in tech, you had me building a 6.5 Creedmoor and yep. how it was heavier than all could be. And good thing we didn't have to walk very far. It shot well. It shot really good, really good. Uh, probably best factory barrel I've ever had on a gun, but uh, 150 yard shot first time, hand loads. 2650, 143 LDX. Oh man, that's too close. That bullet's going to blow up. It's going to rapidly expand. I'm not going to get an exit. Nope. That thing went through, tore the heart in half, all the way through on the other side. Best blood trail I've, I've probably ever had out of a rifle cartridge. It, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, and then henceforth, it's it's been great. That being said, at traditional to moderate ranges, I wouldn't be upset using any of them. Interlock is a great bullet. Mm-hmm. It's been killing stuff for a long, long time. SSD's just fine. There's not a wrong answer. You just have to have your expectations proper for the bullet that you're shooting. Right on. I think I know Ryan's answer, but we'll see. Ryan, what's your favorite whitetail bullet? Yeah, ELDX. Yeah. For sure, but... I probably stole that from him. That's, probably should have that's the him easy first. answer for me just because <laughs> I worked on that and I've used that. And I, every deer I've killed has been with, every deer I've killed in Nebraska has been with that bullet mm. with a rifle. Sure. Never had any issues with it. And I love it. But in that, on that same note, like you were talking about the CX, a lot of times, and kind of the, the review thing and everybody, but the guy's expectations, whitetails, a lot of guys are hunting for meat, my, myself included. And I've even considered changing the, to a solid to CX Yep, just to do it for a few seasons to see. A lot of times your shot placement isn't exactly as you may have wished and that deer might be quartered and you get it in the behind the shoulder, perfect lung shot, but they were quartered away a bit. Now your back shoulder just got destroyed. You lose a bunch of meat just because that bullet is penetrating and expanding. It's the wound channel is so big. The CX, you aren't going to get that same violent energy dump as you do in a SST or ELDX. And so that's something important to you, you know, meat. Right on. Saving a little more meat, probably be better off with the CX. Yeah, sure. So I, I've that's had that a, yeah. consideration here lately. Yeah, good answer. I'm still, the ELDX is the easy answer because it does so many things well. And whether we're hunting 
Sand Hills, Nebraska, taking 400-yard shots, or Eastern Nebraska in the woods, and you're taking 40-yard shots. It just works. But the first uh, deer uh, in my my younger teen years were killed with SSTs and interlocks. And man, you know, 117 grain, 25 cal SST, hand loaded out of you know either 257 Roberts or 25-06. I mean, that is fast, flat, hits like a hammer. SST for whitetails, just phenomenal. The classic interlock, you can't go wrong. Um, but man, when, you th- when you're trying to think of what's the best, well, because of the huge variety of shot distances and angles and, you know, whatever, I think the ELDX is just about as, as safe of an answer as you could possibly make. And it's affordable too. Yeah. Like it, it is priced right. It, I'm thinking hand load cause I hand load most everything, but cannot beat that level of performance for the money that you're paying for it yep. can't do it i think that's fair yep that's a fair answer well we probably i don't think oh, we s- we better diverge a little bit okay again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in the comments let us know what you think is the best white tail deer cartridge and i've been reading them i read all of them mm-hmm. i don't want to have two answers what is the one cartridge yeah. Let us know. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, but on top of that, I want to know where you're from because I read. I don't can't oh, read all the comments too. because regionally, I, I've always thought it was interesting. And Preston, I don't know if you experienced this, but when I was up in technical services answering the phone, I, you could you know, oh, if it was a two forty three or seven oh eight, Georgia, South Carolina, you know that kind of place. Three hundred Wind Mag, Pennsylvania. I don't, everybody, if, <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, but it was like everyone I talked to about bullet selection or cartridge, you know, whatever for white-tailed deer, Pennsylvania, they seem to really like the 300 wind mag and it could just be the rotation of the calls. That's what I got, but it, it seemed to trend that way, but I'd be curious to see regionally if there are any trends on what's the popular white-tailed cartridge in your area. Yep. Uh, and the, the reason I throw out the the comment thing is is a lot of those comments that I'm talking about where you're giving multiple answers is from the uh, what would you choose one cartridge one bullet podcast yep and I think there's somebody here at the table that has not answered Ryan Damon you have to pick one cartridge and one bullet for the rest of your life what is it you have unlimited guns unlimited ammo unlimited yeah but you're stuck to one for cartridge any, for any one game bullet. hunting wolf anything any, match anything. shooting game hunting plinking you name it Hmm. I'd have to go a little bit bigger than I'd uh, like. Talk us through yeah, it. Don't, my don't brain, leave my brain initially out. goes six five Creedmoor one forty three LDX, but then I think it's a great answer. It's a good answer. I want a little more, a little more, a <clears throat> little more oomph, just mm-hmm. in case. Six five so Creedmoor has recently taken a grizzly bear. Well, I am not Tyler saying Friel, it's not capable. Yeah, up in Alaska, but, he did it. He called it the six five Bleedmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I like your thought process. All right, go ahead. So and I think i'd change to a cx and i'm thinking elk and moose here that a boy uh seven prc 160 cx touch blue make it true that is a great answer that is a great now, answer you're you're a hunter right right so yeah that's you're not I'm really a match about. shooter I'm not thinking yeah yep if, if i if i was playing in both those worlds my answer would likely be different there now but, i want to yeah. i want to pick this a little bit because in the 2014 2015 time frame you were the project engineer working with joe uh, our assistant director of engineering, Jaden and Dave, who are ballistic engineers. 
and and you as an engin- as a mechanical engineer, you guys worked on the ELDX. Yep. That's your baby. Right. And you didn't choose the 175 ELDX. You went 160 CX. What's the what's the thought process? So again, like we were talking uh, earlier about us being able to see how we develop all these bullets from the get go. We see how gel reacts in real time, not just looking at a picture after the fact of a permanent wound cavity. You see that gel react to different bullets. Mm-hmm. And the 175 ELDX is a great bullet. However, I know a CX is going to penetrate deeper more often. If in my future I see a moose hunt or more elk hunts. Yeah, moose is at the, on the brain here, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Joe about this yeah. lately. <laughs> but, uh, I want something that's going to do everything I can to get through that animal as much as possible. And a 175 ELDX is dumping way more energy right at right at Yeah, initiate, the first 12 expansion. inches, yeah. So that's that's my thought process there. And I'm not losing much on BC there. No, you're not losing because, much drag potential. Yeah. So. Those new, the new CXs are pretty sexy. The 160 CX, along with a host of others, the 190 CX in the 300 PRC, the 130 in the 6.5, and the 90 in 6 millimeter, the 160 in a 7 millimeter is monster. about as sexy of a bullet as you can make, meaning long boat tail, long ogive, low drag design, and make it work in a 1 and 8 twist. And so when we did the, when we did the 175 LDX, 7 PRC was not a thing, mm-hmm. and it was... We need to make a 162 that's mag length for a 7 mag. Sammy, Sammy length 7 mag. That's 162. Well, let's make a one that's a little bit longer for anybody else that's not loading. Yeah. Or that it's, is hand loading and we're not doing factory. We had ammo. custom 7 mag chambers. Like, you know, you have a yep. 7 mag with yep. one of those chambers. You had the 7 LRM from Gunworks that was out there. 7 practical. People seven making down. Rums are out yeah, there. 7 but, rums. At the still, time. at the time, like going back, I would make that Ojive sleeker and longer and bump the BC on that 175. But. At it's the time, still that, was, that was that was <laughs> yeah. a good good ogive. So yeah. when we did the 160, okay, we're making this for the 7 PRC. We can make this. We know it's going to be an eight twist guns. Let's make this as good as we can do on mm-hmm. this on this platform. Awesome, so. that's a good answer. And you can literally hunt almost anything in the world. Certainly everything on this continent with that combination right there, from brown bear to moose to elk to white tail deer, prairie dogs, you name it. It's a good answer. Solid answer. Thanks. Very dogs. Well, I mean, he's, got, he's only got one cartridge. He's only got the one. It's yep. a kill. And he can have eight guns lined up so the barrels don't get hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one cartridge, one bullet, but unlimited barrels and rifles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's as much ammo Perfect. as you want, too. This yep. is clearly a made-up hypothetical. Oh, of course. But we've had a lot That's of good fun. answers. So uh, with that, you know, guys, we really appreciate you talking to us about the ideal whitetail cartridge, which... Surprise, surprise. There's, there's a lot. There's, yeah, they're all ideal. You can kill anything with anything. And in the hierarchy of things, whatever's number one beats number two and three, but two or three are important as well. And number one is shot placement. Number two and number three, bullet expansion and bullet penetration. You, uh, yeah, those three things, regardless if you're shooting 22 cal if it's legal, 375 cal if you want to, or bigger. Um, so shot placement is always king. And there's a lot of great cartridges out there a ton of great bullets out there and hopefully the listener is getting excited because it's hunting season anything else on uh, whitetail cartridges boys drop it in the comments let us know where you're from yeah what you think uh, the best cartridge is we we'd love to know we didn't even touch on it but i would say a lot of game in parks slash 
law offices that control game re- regulations in certain states rules are antiquated i'll just throw that throw that out there that's yeah, I, yeah. that's true well and it just yeah. haven't kept up with the rapid development of bullet technology yeah. in the past couple decades yeah, yeah. I, I would agree Decade for sure so yeah there's a lot of right answers state to state there might be a couple of wrong ones in there so just make sure that you're doing the right thing right on miles anything else i think we got her we got her all right well good luck this season guys i know we got some hunts coming up by the time this airs preston's elk tags coming right up so can't wait for that 300 prc 212 eldx taking the 300 prc i know we've got some other hunts coming up uh river antlers list is going on uh nebraska's rifle season's coming up it's archery season good stuff all the way around thanks guys yep thank you yep you guys Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast about the ideal whitetail cartridge. As you know, there is no ideal cartridge, but there's one that's ideal for you. And Hornady has a cartridge and bullet and ammo option for you. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next one.